Steelers, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Now, here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people, to the place everybody wants to be. Of course, you know it and you love it. It is Victory Lane today on the Tiger Tom Pistone and Stacy Compton edition of the show, episode 59. We got a double dose of racing at Charlotte. Uh, we have more real racing to recap, a lot of it from the state of North Carolina. But before that, let's talk about Tiger Tom and Stacy Compton. Now, Tiger Tom had two career wins in the 59 car at NASCAR's top level, but I never saw him race. I remember Stacy Compton in the, I believe what is now the Xfinity Series, in the Kingsford charcoal car. It was red, white, and blue. And I think he also was like a stunt double or a daredevil or something. But yeah, when I think of 59, I think of Stacy Compton. So shout out to Tiger Tom and Stacy. But uh, Stacy's my guy when it comes to 59. Let's start this episode as we always do. And let me uh, let me grab my pillow here so I can scream into it when I say, Reggaeton! I hope you still heard that. Cup Series events at Charlotte Motor Speedway, Coca-Cola 600, and the Alsco Uniforms 500. We're going to go a little audio medium. It's not light. It's not heavy. It's somewhere in the middle. But this... This schedule has made my my podcasting week all whacked up because I usually record early in the week to recap the weekend races, and then I'm able to have a guest on to interview them, and it's just all out of whack. But I'm glad that we have the midweek races. Don't get me wrong. So we'll get back to normal hopefully next week. But Sunday, we have the longest race, not only of the season, but in the history of the Cup Series in NASCAR, and it felt Every bit of that, too. It was over four, almost five hours, I believe. Not a ton of action throughout. Pretty much single file. The VHT did not do its job to the extent that we would have liked to see. But it comes down to the end. After 600 miles, we go into overtime uh, because the 24 of William Byron spins with three laps to go, which means Chase Elliott and the nine team have to make a decision. Do you pit? Do you stay out? Well, Alan Gustafson calls Chase down pit road. He, a couple other drivers come with him. I believe Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. Brad Keselowski does not go with him. And Brad stays out, holds off Jimmy Johnson to win the race. And Chase rallies to third place. We'll hear from him. He was uh, not too pleased that she shouldn't be later because he gave away the Coke 600. But it's about the winner of the longest race in the history of NASCAR. As I said, because this 600-mile race had never gone into overtime until now, bad Brad Keselowski wins a major, the Coke 600, and he's going to talk about it for a long time. It was something, you know, Chase was really, really strong. And, you know, I was just thinking, man, I hate I'm going to finish second. I just need a break. And that yellow came was like, well, let's see what we got. And uh, we had kind of lost the race, I think, uh, or two that way last year. And I was like, you know what, we might lose the race this way, but. At least we're going to try, and uh, thank God we didn't. Thank God it came together. Um, obviously, it didn't have to, but uh, I'm, I'm proud that it, it, it did, and I'm just so thankful 
to finally win this race and to be able to do it with the American flag on Memorial Day weekend with how much it means to me and, you know, my family and the foundation I have with the Checker Flag Foundation. And, you know, I had Don Marie on the car and I know his family was watching. I'm really happy for them. I don't know if they're watching this or not, but I, I hope we made you proud and honored Donovan the right way. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm pretty tired. It's a long, hard race. And uh, I really wish my, my wife and the crew could have joined me in Victor Lane. It certainly missed them, but uh, I'm really proud and thankful for the opportunity to run today and to win races like this. And it's a major, you know, I, I think there's like five majors, at least in my mind, you got the Brickyard, Darlington, uh, of course, the Daytona 500 here, the Coke 600 and the Bristol night race. I, I kind of think of those as the major races and, you know, now I only got one left. I won the other four and need to win Daytona 500. It's probably the biggest major, but uh, still nice to have four or five checked off. And this was a, a big one along the way. I feel like I've had the shot to win this race, you know, probably four or five times. And 2011, I got caught up in a wreck at the very end. And I think 2014, I had a loose wheel at the end. And uh, last year, we, we led a bunch of this race and probably were the favorite to win it late and had a loose wheel and, you know, just didn't come together for whatever reason. But today it came together and I'm super, super thankful. I just, uh, just hope we can do it again. I'm, I'm just, I hope everybody that watched enjoyed it and remembers the reason why we get to do great things like this. And uh, I, guess, I guess I should stop talking, but uh, just a real special day for me. How about the crew chief as well? Jeremy Bullens gets the first W of his career atop the pit box for Brad Keselowski. Set up a fast race car, but in my mind, <laughs> didn't really have to make a deciding call per se because all you got to do is do the obvious, which I get hindsight's twenty twenty, but I would have stayed out, and that's what he did. I feel like it was pretty obvious. Yeah, that was a uh, obviously the longest race of the year, so um, we had a decent qualifying effort. We found a issue after qualifying that we needed to repair. So we started in the back and kind of made it harder on ourselves. But, um, you know, we uh, just steadily worked our way up there all day. Uh, finally, in the last stage, felt like we had a, a shot at it. Um, if we could get out front, we felt like, you know, we were capable of leading for a while. Um, we were a little better sh short run than we were long run and the nine eventually got by us. And, um, you know, we kind of talked through our options of what do you do if, and uh, we'd already kind of made our decision. If we got that late caution, we were going to stay out and take a shot at it. And, um, it's so important to win a race and, and it's hard to give up the front row at the end of the end of these things. So, um, you know, it's a tough call when you're the leader, I don't envy that position. And um, I'm not surprised that they pitted. It's, it's a tough call and it's, it's a hard call to make. And, um, you know, we, we just committed to, to taking the front row and taking a shot at the restart and, um, there's not many people I'd rather have in that situation than Brad, and he took advantage of it. So a seven-time champ, Jimmy Johnson, led some laps, restarted second, had a chance to win the Coke 600, snap his 102-race winless streak, comes home in second. That's, that's really respectable, I would say. He was in the press conference on Zoom talking about how confident he was, this good, some good momentum, and then he fails post-race inspection, and he gets DQ'd. So he's not finished second. He finished last jay fabian what happened yeah the failure was rear alignment um it's the same thing that we check uh, at least a handful of cars for post-race after every event um 
I can't really give specifics on the numbers. Yes, there is a pre-race number and a post-race number that, that does give um, a pretty decent tolerance. It was, a, it was outside of those uh, post-race numbers. It appears this was something that was not done maliciously. We, we, we think it was one of those circumstances that happened by accident. So I guess there's that that you can revel in, but doesn't really change the fact that their second place goes to a dead last. And as I mentioned, Chase rallied from third or two third, I should say, from about 15th or so in, in a couple laps. And he was in no particular mood to chat. And I completely see where he's coming from. It happens. Uh, you just make the best decision you can based on the information you have. Uh, when you're leading the race like that, the people behind you are going to do the exact opposite of what you do. So uh, that was the, the situation we were put in. Al made a decision. We stuck with it, and uh, and it didn't work out. So Wednesday, we come back, and we're going to race again, right? Wrong, because we had rain again. So we come back Thursday, and we have more rain. Of course we do. But we got all the laps in, and we raced. And we were very, very happy for that. I think personally... It was a much better show than Sunday. That's time-wise, product on the track as well. And I think that those two go hand-in-hand because you shorten the races, there's less time to get things done, the intensity ratchets up. So we'll get down to 28 laps to go. Kevin Harvick is in command. He has a short-run car and is the best by far for a 30-lap stint. But after that, his car falls off big time. So Chase Elliott, ever heard of him? Yep, getting his revenge, passes him. And he's able to hold on for the win. There was no caution that came out at the end. No strategy call that needed to be made. He thought that something was coming, but the quickest and the best team and car won on Thursday night. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was just, uh, you know, we, we battled hard and finally got our car uh, good enough there at the end. I'm not sure that we had it exactly perfect, but, um, you know, guys did a great job uh, making good adjustments and, and good pit stops there to put us in a position. And I think the race going along played into our favor uh, as compared to what Kevin had to work with. So uh, just had some good fortune and, and things went our way. Uh, just appreciate all our partners for, uh, you know, for sticking with us finally. Good to get Kelly Blue Book a win. That's our first win together. So hopefully, uh, hopefully many more. Kind of a proverbial monkey off of Chase Elliott's back as he could have two to three wins in the Cup Series right now. But he has to settle for this one at Charlotte. And Alan Gustafson also gets the monkey off of his back. Um, obviously he caught a lot of flack for the pit call that maybe in hindsight he wouldn't have done. And did you see him kind of air high-fiving his team on the pit box and walking down pit road to, to go congratulate his driver? That was funny. So I asked him about the social distance celebration. He said it was pretty strange because, you know, you never take the intimacy and the physical aspect of that stuff for granted, but it was weird. And he also chatted about how he's human. And even though he doesn't really let the haters, so to speak, on social media drive what he thinks of himself because he's not going to let anybody do that, he is human. And it's not really a good feeling to have rocks thrown your way all the time. But Alan Gustafson, he doesn't care right now because he is a winner in 2020. And Chase Elliott's number nine has the checkered flag, the trophy, and the winner's check. Yeah, so... uh you know, with the invert, we certainly started a little further back than we wanted to. And, uh, you know, short stages and uh, competition caution and a lot of cautions there to start. It was just kind of hard for us to work our way through there. And, and we did eventually and kind of got in the top five. And, and once we got up there, we can figure out what kind of car we had. And our car, I don't think it was quite as fast as it was the other night and, and a little bit too free. So... We suffered there a little bit and uh, 
try to improve it, and I think we got it better. And had a loose wheel and a fortunate caution to, to get the loose wheel fixed. And then uh, at the end there, Chase made some adjustments. We adjusted on the car, and, and he was able to pass Kevin to win the race. So it was a great day for us. Denny Hamlin came home as the runner-up on Thursday. He touched on the time frame of races that are comparable to some bigger sports that I think NASCAR should probably aim for. And I talked about it last week when I had my mini rant. Denny hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, we had a, a good run. Just, uh, you know, we struggled a little bit on the short run. Uh, Picrew did a phenomenal job the last couple stops. They picked us up three spots every time at least. And, um, you know, 29th to second and half the distance of a normal race. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's about all we can ask for. I mean, we're, we're, I think it's right around the, the length of an NBA or football game, uh, somewhere in that range. Uh, NBA's about two and a half hours. Uh, football's three plus. So, I mean, I think it's good. Uh, obviously, we're really getting stung by the weather right now. Um, all these races have got delays and uh, stoppages in the middle of it, so it makes it really, really tough. It makes the nights and days really long. Uh, but certainly, you know, you can look back at my quotes from two years ago, you know, uh, heck with tradition, you know, you got to advance with the times. And, you know, I think that uh, keeping people's attention span um, for three hours is a good thing. It's a very good thing. I, I just, uh, you know, these cars are different now than what they used to be. It used to be a battle of machine, right? Can you, you're going to wear out your tires and your brakes and whatnot. It just don't wear out anymore. So it's essentially, it just becomes a long race after that. So, uh, I certainly like the change, and uh, on the week-night time slot that we have, you know, it's got to be tightened up anyway. So I think this is a good taste of it, and they'll they'll gather the data and figure out uh, what's best for them in the future. Maybe it's keeping them long. I, I'm not sure. So uh, let let the people that uh, know a lot more about it, uh, you know, speak on it. Back-to-back third-place finishes at Charlotte for Ryan Blaney, and he had a fast race car, but a bit of a drinking problem issue on purpose. After the race, he tells us about it right here. Getting body armor, some good TV time. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've seen some stuff on that. Of uh, you know, did you not realize your mask was on? Of course, I realized the mask was on. I thought it was funny. Um, I had to get a drink in, and I, you know, I'd probably get in trouble if I took the mask off to get a drink. So I figured I just scored. I didn't get any. Nothing goes in them things, so uh, it works. But um, I thought it was funny and uh, try to have a good time. So then I got a little body armor drink in there too. So it was just, that was good. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Midweek, shorter races are what we need. Give me more of them. Also got to touch on the Xfinity and truck races that happened this past weekend. Kyle Busch wins the Xfinity event after a really fun duel with Austin Sendrick. He he came from the back of the field, I think, a couple times, and he wins in the Appalachian State paint scheme. It's, it was so damn fun watching him slice and dice his way through the field, not once, but twice, even maybe a couple times. And he did it to himself because he spit on pit road, and he was mad at himself for it, but he just came back and, like, like I said, literally slice and dice his way through the entire field. I, you know, people talk about the KB show, and he's polarizing, and is he cherry-picking, yada, yada. I've, I've, I'm still at my girlfriend's parents' house here, and I've tried to kind of explain to them why he goes down to the lower series 
and beats up on the younger guys that are trying to work their way up. And it's kind of hard to explain to a, a new fan, but for people that are listening to this and know Kyle Busch, he's a racer and he loves to race. And I've I've done a complete 180 on Kyle Busch. I used to hate his guts. Um, and uh, I think I hated him so bad that I probably tweeted him something a long time ago. And he still blocks me on Twitter. So I probably need to get on that. But it's just so fun watching him. And he won his 97th. That's right, 9-7 career Xfinity Series race. That's uh, getting up towards triple digits there, Kyle. Uh, it was certainly interesting, a bit more interesting than I really wanted it to be. But um, those guys were putting up some pretty good battles on restarts there. I knew our car was really, really fast, but it just, for some reason, it just um, it took off the previous restart really, really good. And um, I got a good launch and was able to get beat those guys to the start-finish line, beat those guys to turn one. I don't know if they spun the tires or what, but then on the next one, they just timed it a little bit better, and they, they had a better, um, I don't know, side-by-side um, -side with me when we got to the restart zone, and I just couldn't get away quite as good. So I um, tried to stay within the rules, make sure I didn't screw up anything as I did uh, coming down pit road and speeding. But overall, great battle and, and uh, exciting finish for all the fans, and especially everybody that's, uh, I'm pretty sure, some new eyeballs from App State watching and, and cheering on that, uh, that beautiful black Supra. The truck race on Tuesday night was Super fun, too. You had Kyle, you had Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain was mixing it up with those two cup guys up there. And it winds up being a battle of the two cup guys for the win in Kyle and Chase. And I have an announcement. Are you sitting down? Sound of the alarms. Not only has the Dawsonville pool siren been sounded, but the bounty has been claimed. That's right. I repeat, the bounty has been claimed claimed chase elliott wins for gms racing outduels kyle bush snaps his truck series win streak at seven and he gets the one hundred thousand dollars half of it from kevin harvick half of it from marcus limonis and he will choose where to donate that money to covid19 relief wow 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 it was a pretty good entertaining race at the end and kyle was not too happy with his team because they had some parts on their truck that were broken and they had six months to prepare six weeks i should say but let's hear from chase first of all he wins the race and it's no replacement for the past sunday obviously i know we're all over the place but this happened before he won thursday night so this is no replacement for what happened on sunday in the coke 600 still felt pretty damn good though yeah it felt really good um definitely doesn't make up for sunday but it was uh you know it was a lot of fun and, and enjoyed I uh, enjoy coming and do this. Appreciate uh, everybody at GMS allowing me to, to come drive. Um, I race in Hooters Chevrolet. Uh, glad to see Chevy's up front and, and winning. And, uh, yeah, proud to, proud to get it done tonight. And I hope you guys were watching and you saw that he did the patented rowdy bow with the checkered flag after he won, and that was kind of spur of the moment. It was, it was funny to watch in live time. It was a spur of the moment thing. I, I thought we've had so much fun with this, you know, with Kevin and, and putting up the money and, and – uh, you know, Kyle, Kyle is a, a good sport, you know, about it, I hope. Um, but just having fun, man. You know, it's it's uh, not a dig at anybody, but just, uh, you know, just having fun with it. You know, it was about it was about beating him, and we did it. So why not, uh, why not have some fun with it? So, of course, Kyle was asked about that, and his answer was very Kyle. <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't help showing up to the racetrack with broke parts on your truck. So um, that was a problem from the get-go. Um, didn't have our right front stopper right, so we were all over the splitter. So we came in and didn't know that it was broke. So 
had to fix it with a makeshift piece and it was way too high and then we tried to fix it and just never never was right so we were out in the left field um the whole night never really had a, a great feel for the truck a great driving truck and uh just salvaged what i could self-inflicted threw it away yep had six months to prepare and screwed it all up imitation is the uh strongest form of flattery or something i don't know what it is but uh huh that's that's cute just to peek behind the curtain for you guys here, I don't know why, but I've literally been yawning. Like, every single time I throw it to an audio bite, I've yawned. And it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday, and I don't I don't know why I'm so tired, but might as well wrap this show up. But before we got to do that, let's preview the upcoming race weekend at Bristol Motor Speedway. Cup and Xfinity will take place on Sunday and Monday evenings. The Xfinity race is supposed to be Saturday. But since Cup got moved to Thursday, the Xfinity race got moved to Monday. And that'll be a Dash for Cash qualifier race for the upcoming four races as well. Supermarket Heroes 500 on Sunday. Cheddar's 300 on Monday. The Bush Brothers, they've had a lot of success over the years at Bristol. Can one of them get it done? I'm picking Kurt Busch. That is my pick to win the race. And also on Monday, you guys better watch Fox Sports 1 because... Kurt and Kyle Busch are going to be in the booth together calling the race from Bristol. So that's going to be really, really fun to watch. Matt DiBenedetto, he was on a Zoom conference call with the media earlier today. He's looking for some revenge. He actually said that he hasn't watched the finish of last year's fall Bristol race yet because it's still so painful for him. Of course, that was when Denny Hamlin passed him and he was crying on pit road because of the support and he got so close and that's when he got told he was going to be out of a ride at Levine Family Racing. And I'm curious to see whether or not that Wood Brothers speed can translate onto the track at Bristol. And if Benedetto, who's had a really good history at Bristol, I mean, remember when he was with BK Racing and he got a top five or a top 10 finish and he was crying on pit road there too. Hopefully, I mean, everybody would love a Matty D victory. So that would be fun to see. But how about the car that he piloted last year, the 95, as I mentioned? They clearly have some speed at Bristol. So what about Christopher Bell? He's had a couple good runs in a row, which he really, really needed after a dismal start to the year. Maybe that team can replicate their success. And what about Kevin Harvick, too? He's won at Bristol a handful of times in the past. He has a top 10 streak, 13 in a row, dating back to last year in 2019. Eight, I believe, eight or nine in a row to start 2020. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. literally just hung up on a Zoom call with him. Um, He's coming off of his second best finish of the season, a fourth place run at Charlotte. And his his car had a lot of speed all race long in Bristol. That's one of his best tracks. So can he keep that 47 for JTG Doherty Racing up front? We'll see. But it's going to be tough to stay out of trouble, especially with no practice or qualifying and just going on to Bristol green. And how about Jimmy Johnson? We know he's had his fair share of wins at Bristol Motor Speedway throughout his illustrious career. And also the rest of the Chevys. I mean, there's no reason to think that they won't be able to keep up their blazing fast speed. It's not just Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, um, and Jimmy Johnson. It's also William Byron at Hendrick. Like I said, it's also Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at JTG. RCR has been pretty solid. And it's not just Tyler Reddick, the rookie. Austin Dillon had really good runs going in the Coke 600 and on Thursday night. I don't know where he finished. Um, I I believe he finished outside of the top 10 on Sunday, but he ran inside of it all night long. So Austin Dillon may be a sleeper pick 
for Bristol. But then again, intermediates are different than short track package-wise and also manufacturer-wise when it comes to Bristol. I'm looking forward to it, though. Again, Sunday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox Sports 1. Lugnuts of the week! Cue that funky music, white boy. Virginia Governor Ralph Northam has given the green light for Martinsville Speedway to hold their race on June 10th without any fans in attendance. One-day shows for racetracks in the state of Virginia. Wood Brothers Racing has earned the first quarter NMPA Spirit Award because of their work giving tablets out to nursing homes during COVID-19. David Reagan will make his first Truck Series start since 2006 at Atlanta for DGR Crosley. He was scheduled to be at Richmond, but that race, unfortunately, was axed. Kyle Larson won a World of Outlaws event and talked about his desire to keep racing. There's a couple articles that you can find online. Head over to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. Um, and he said that he does have plans and he'd like to resume NASCAR racing at some point in the future as well. And you guys saw what happened to Denny Hamlin on Sunday before the race even started. Some ballast bricks fell off of his 11 car. Big, big no-no. Crew chief Chris Gabehart, car chief Brandon Griffith, engineer Scott Simmons have all been suspended for four races due to that infraction. And it's a big, big no-no because the pictures were circulating on Twitter. I believe Chris Knight tweeted it out. Uh, a brick hit Jamie Dick's car in an Xfinity race at Iowa in 2015 or something like that. And it caved the entire windshield in, which is made of Lexan, and hit the helmet. So, like, that could it could literally kill people. Not only in the race cars, but in the grandstands. So, that's why the penalty is so steep there. That will wrap things up for episode 59 of Victory Lane 2.0. I know it was, a, frankly, a little bit lackluster. I don't know why. Well, I told you, it's the timing and everything. And there's just so much stuff that got to get done. Um, but hopefully next week will be better and we'll have another guest on from the racing world that you know and love. Be sure, if you like what you heard, leave a rating and a review to this show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud. Maybe it's Google Podcasts now. I feel what it's called. But regardless, we'll be back next week for episode 60. It's a big one. Peace and love. Stay good. <laughs>